Danny Flexen here for seconds out with Jose for Iqbal, otherwise known as H. H-Man. H-Man. Um, we're here at a new boxing booth facility. Did you take much convincing to move from the old gym to here? Oh, no way. Oh, this is this is home, baby. It was it was just waiting for home to start and home's now started. We're here now. And uh, as you can see, they, they've done an absolute amazing, amazing job with the place. Looks beautiful. and. Um, I think even I think the minute we stepped into the place, you could feel that the vibe the vibes right, everything's right. Um, I think I think the previous place obviously served its purpose for for when it was needed, and and now and now this is what we've been waiting for, been waiting for this for a long time, and uh, we're home now. We're home. What sort of thing do these premises offer that perhaps the old place didn't? I've, uh, gyms are very very important, right? In in as far as like. The apparatuses that you've got in the gym, right? Gyms are like a playground, aren't they? Uh, for for grown-ups, uh, or for the athletic type, anyway, right? And the better equipment you got, the more equipment you got, the more you can improvise into your training, the more you can put into your training, the more different types of training systems you can train, and and all the rest of it. It is literally uh, stronger, faster, more technical, more more sparring, more everything. They're, 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 you know, what I mean, two two rings in here. Is more sparring, two, 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 um, two squat racks, right? Actual cages, actually. So you got, you, there's nothing that you can't get done on there. Um, but the quality of them as well, they're not, they're not. There's nothing that's been, there's no corners that have been cut um, from the equipment, the branded equipment, everything. It's, it's the best of the best. You know, what I mean, I remember me uh, about two years ago, I was starting my own, I was starting my own gym. One, one of these live fitness machines cost about. I think it's I think I think it's between eight to twelve thousand pounds one life fitness machine. Do you know what I mean? So you can imagine having 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 four of them in the gym. I'm gonna oh, life fitness need to give me a little sponsorship team, you know what I'm saying? After doing that. Or give us a sponsorship. Or give you a lot of sponsorship, <laughs> you understand? Um, but yeah, no corners have been cut. A lot of a lot of uh, hard work and money's gone into this place and I believe it shows. We obviously saw you make your pro debut, one and oh. Congratulations on that, but it now appears you're putting your career at least on hold um, so you can help Adam Booth out here training the fighters. Just tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I, I, so the first, one, the first one was something that I had, to, I, had to get, I had to get done. It was something that despite giving all these years to boxing from whatever level that I was at, I, it's something that I just had to do for myself. Uh, anything that I've done in boxing I've always done for myself I remember saying to you you was actually the first person that ever ever interviewed me and I remember saying like um, do you get me like 10 times or something right <laughs> make that it's 15 I was gonna say I was gonna say maybe about a thousand um, and uh, at that time I remember saying that this is just something I, I, I need to do I need to do for myself um, the day after I had a sit down with big bro uh, had a sit down with brother Adam and, and he, he said to me he said some very nice things about me and the things that he's seen me do and and regarding pads boxing everything and he gave me he gave me obviously not just a job offer but also also a decision to make where he's saying that ultimately if you give your time if you give time to your own boxing career realistically how far am I going to go with my own boxing career and for the, for that for that sacrifice that I'd be making for my own career, how much may it impact on on trying to coach? So 100%. Is I think I think for everyone, um, 
because because I, I I love boxing. I love boxing. I love training hard. I love keeping fit. Um, so it's, it's always that edge in me that that always thinks about it all the time. I definitely do want to. If he gives me if he gives me a nod and says to me, do it, a hundred million percent. I've got them things lined up. I will get out and fight one hundred percent. But in 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 that meantime, it's it's here coaching and. Alhamdulillah, praise be to God, I've, I've, I've learned so much, I've learned so much, I've been like, plugged into the matrix, I'm downloading everything, yeah, and uh, it's, it's beautiful man, it's, it's beautiful. Just give us an idea for people that won't know, what's your kind of daily or weekly routine, what specifically are your duties here compared to say Adams or Charlie's or whoever? Um, thank God Big Bro's got us doing, uh, practically I'd say, I'd say, Adam ultimately looks over the finer details of, of everything. Are you with me? He's building me and Charlie even more as coaches. Uh, I'd say number one, I keep I, I try my best to keep a good vibe in the gym. Um, number two, we're fully coaching now. We're fully doing pads. We're fully doing pads that will switch between doing sometimes playful pads and sometimes like today's a technical drill. So sometimes today we'll be doing technical stuff. Uh, Big Bro will overlook it. You'll make sure from from our side, as far as Charlie and I are concerned, that everything, the finer details, in even in holding pads, uh, you've learned that there's so much levels in just how to hold a pad, right? No, I swear to God, I mean that. Wallahi, no joke. There, there's actual levels in holding a pad, and it makes all the difference to the biomechanics of 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 a fighter, of where the impact point of where where a fighter lands a shot. Um, a fighter being in the correct position for a certain shot if the pads out of place then the shots out of place and if they're doing this stuff on pads every single day they're drilling either good habits or bad habits if the pads ain't right the punches ain't right train with h man. <laughs> TM <laughs> TM what do you think the future holds not just for yourself but for the gym as a whole This is, this is, I think, I've always said this right, this is like the Sir Alan Sugar of boxing. This is where we are, we're at the Sir Alan Sugar of boxing. There's, there's different levels to this and I think this is just levels, levels, levels above. The stuff that we're doing in, in this gym, the, the, the drills we're doing, the circuits we're doing, um, and every day we're, we're improving, every day we're adding bits, every day we're adding bits. Stuff that makes sense, not just anything that looks good for cameras. As you see a lot of this, and I, we've been saying this, that there's loads of this beast mode training and all this training that doesn't scientifically make sense for fighters to be doing, but you see loads of people doing it. Here, Alhamdulillah, thank God, we, we, we've, I'd say that we've nailed it, Big Bro's nailed it, with all of our knowledge being put together, what, what suits the fighters best. You've got Adam Martin with all his fighters here, that's double amount of sparring for for the other fighters here. It's 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 beautiful, man. This is home. This is this is exactly how a gym environment should be. A gym environment where where you wake up and you you want to come to the gym. You don't feel forced to go to the gym. You don't feel like it's gonna be hard work. And do you know what I mean? You you want to be there. You want to be there. You you don't mind getting greedy. You don't mind having that hard work. That's that's how, and this place, this environment is clean. It, it, it gives you that. Now before we let you go, there'll be people out there that want to see behind the scenes, even more so than seconds out offer. You're obviously on Instagram. I know yes. you don't you don't yes, F sir. with Twitter. Yes, sir. But um, Instagram, just tell us your handles so people can find you. Hboxing UK, baby. Hboxing UK. So yeah. Um, yeah, Hboxing UK. I'm not big on social media. The only the reason I ever came on social media was because of boxing in the first place. Um, yeah, I only ever came on social media because of boxing. But yeah, Hboxing UK is is uh, is the Instagram. Uh, where it's at? 
That's where it's at. Danny Flexing is the man, man. You're the man, bro. Honestly, second. At DB Flex 7. Just, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, you're the man, man. I remember you and I thank you for doing my first ever interview. Honestly, I Let's hope this isn't your last. Yeah. No, hopefully it's not my last. Are you me? But um, you put some good stuff up. Sincerely, I see. Uh, I'd say it's, it's, it's got some good, good, good stuff on the on the second out page. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, no, I, I say that otherwise I wouldn't be begging it like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good guys to have you back down in the gym and 100%. A lot more to come on the ground now. A lot, lot, lot more to come on the ground now. Loads of funny bits. We don't put everything up, obviously, keeping secret than that. You know what I mean? You've got to keep the secret than that. But uh, yeah, but some bits go up and, and the bits that do go up, Alhamdulillah, we try to make them a bit finesse. And uh, yeah, thank you. Cheers, mate. Really appreciate it. Fadi, back on Behind the Gloves with another interview. I'm joined by the one and only Liam Williams at Kelbrook's Open Workout. Let's talk about this uh, main event first of all. Obviously, you're in Kel's camp. You've seen him progress through this training camp. Um, moving up to 154, how is he looking uh, in camp? I've been, I've been watching him very closely and um, obviously training alongside of him a lot of the time. And um, he's looking outstanding. Uh, he seems to have that bit back between his teeth and you know he's digging in again for the shape on him he's, he's outstanding you know so um, I think he's going to put on a great performance Saturday night and uh, I'm really looking forward to being there It looks very sharp and powerful in there um, how much do you think the extra weight is going to help him obviously I'm sure you've shared round with him if I'm correct have you yeah of course we have, yeah, we've, uh, me and Kel have done quite a few rounds together in the past not so much recently because he's obviously fighting uh, a southpaw opponent yeah. which is you know, I can box and put a southpaw, but you know, I'm not by any means um, as a natural southpaw. So um, <clears throat> obviously, he's been bringing other people in, and um, he's looking very good. Um, I, I, I do think the extra weight is going to benefit him quite a bit because he used to boil a lot, uh, a lot off, kind of last minute to be able to make the, the welterweight limit, and uh, it's surprising what that extra couple of pounds can do to a fighter. You know, so. I'm excited to see how he performs Saturday because he's, he's pretty much on weight now. Yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of people will probably won't believe that, but he, he, he is very close. And uh, He looks a lot healthier than what he used to do when he went, used to make 147 at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know, making 147. Like making 147 before, he's probably heavier now, this far away, making a lighter weight than. Uh, that just goes to show really that um, back to what I said about having the bit back between his teeth and you know really fancying it now because let's be honest it's, it's his last chance if he if he loses Saturday night it's probably going to be all over for him and uh, you know uh, we're all hoping and we're, we're all pretty confident but he, he's the one who needs to go out there and, and put on the performance that he needs to to push on and get another title shot now Let's talk about you. Last time out, Atlantis Fox in London. You said to me you just want 12 rounds of battering him. You just wanted, you didn't want a quick knockout. You wanted 12 rounds. Of I think you went seven, six, was it? No, five. five okay, five. <laughs> even, even better. Were you pleased with your performance on the night? I, I was pleased, but to be honest with you, I'm never going to be 100% pleased with my performance because 
for me is just like I know what I can produce in the gym and I'm getting better every fight still but I know it's an experience thing for me and with each fight I know I'm going to take extra little bits into the ring and, and I'm going to keep proving that and, you know so I have been doing in my last few fights and I just think you're probably not even going to see the, the best Liam Williams that you're going to see until possibly even another 12 months because I'm, I'm still I'm still growing in, in confidence and believing in myself more uh, obviously I'm at a new weight now which I'm very comfortable at and as I say I'm only getting better still yeah. um, obviously last the weekend gone we just saw Andre, who's someone you wanted to fight as well, uh, go in, in Miami, I should say, fight uh, uh, Luke Keeler. Yeah. Did you watch the performance? What did you make of it? I did watch it, yeah. I thought it was, a, I thought it was quite a rough and ragged performance by um, Andrade, if I'm being honest. You know, he done what he needed to do to get a win. And won in decent fashion, you know, so fair play to him, but I don't think he's going to want to fight me. Um, there's, there's been a lot of talk with Billy Joe at uh, 168, super middleweight limit, so uh, we'll see, you know, but my... Well, well, sorry, where do you rank him, I just want to say, in, within the middleweight champions? Because a lot of people, I think Eddie even says he's probably one of the best, even though he's world champion. What's your thoughts on, on him on that sort of ladder? Where would you put him? Um, in, in terms of the champions, I mean, yeah. he's not even inside the top three. Yeah. I think um, you've obviously got Canelo, Golovkin, and, and I think Charlo beats him as well, so... Probably, he's probably the. I don't, know, I don't want to rip him off because he's world champion, but I think he's the worst of the champions. Uh, but then again, I don't know. It's, it's him and Charlo. You've obviously got Golovkin and Canelo number one and two, and it's out of him and Charlo. But it doesn't matter. I want to fight either one of them. Um, I'd love a fight with uh, Mungia, who's been moved up, you know, to the number one spot not just in front of me because he's come up from Super Welter uh, but if Andrade does decide to move up and fight Billy Joel then I'm hoping me and Mungia can get it on for the title uh, I was in New York and I spoke to Jared Heard who's obviously still competing at 154 possibilities he may move up sooner or later because he's a very big 154 pounder he was very impressed with your win over Atlantis Fox uh, what do you, you rate him as a fighter do you, um, and uh, do you think he's got enough left at 154 being that big uh, do you know what I'm not just saying because he, he gave me credit but I, I rate Jared Heard he's a big strong and very gutsy fighter you know he, he comes and he, he brings he means business, yeah. He's, he's no, no messing around. He, he cares and he wants to get the job done. Almost like myself, I would say. Yeah. And um, he don't come to mess around and put on, a sh- you know, put on too much of a show for the fight. He wants to put on a good show, yeah. But he wants to end the fight when he can. He don't want to come and look pretty and look fancy. He just comes and gets the job done. Yeah. I do rate him. I don't think 154 is his best weight. I think pretty much like myself. If he moves up to 160, I think he'd be a better fighter. Um, maybe me and him can get it on. He said uh, possibly, you know, he, he's, he did say that you caught his eye and you're making a lot of noise. Yeah, um, you, I just um, I just had uh, Deluca come on to me as well, uh, just bef- just before and during his, his public workout there, and um, and he says that I'm making a lot of noise, even in the states and stuff. So 
So surely you got to give yourself some credit. You yeah. said you said you know you you'd never give yourself credit. I mean, you weren't happy with your was it first round or second round knockout, and then I mean, your no, fifth no, round. I, I'm always happy with the win, you know, however that win comes. But like, I I know how good I am, and I know where I can be, and I'm not quite there yet. Um, I've still got things to work on. Although I'm at that level now, I do feel like I'm still improving. So uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be. Quite yet, you see the the absolute best of me, and it's. Uh, but I'm I'm well overdue a title shot. Now let's put it that way, and I think I think I really deserve that now. So what's next for you? What's the what's, what does 2020 hold? Um, obviously, the last fight was in December, but when are you next fighting? What's going on? Yeah, last uh, last outing was 21st of December, and I'm just hoping that my next fight's going to be a title fight, you know, and and a name, someone who I can really, you know. Someone who can give me give me a bit of nerves and almost put a bit of fear into me, you know, because that's what I need. Uh, you know, when I when I really know I'm up against up against the, um, that's when I think you'll see me perform my best. Okay, Liam Williams, thank you very much for your time, and I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. Danny Flexen here for Seconds Out with Unbeaten 5-0, Shannon Courtney. Five fights within a year, less than a year. In fact, you made your debut back in March. Did you expect to be out as often as you were? Uh, five, fives, five fights in nine months is quite a lot, but I knew I was going to have a busy year, they told me I was going to have a busy year, so I was happy with it. But when you think about it, it's only that sounds like a lot of fights nowadays, but years ago that wasn't a lot of fights at all in nine months. So I'm not going to sit in my because I wanted to be active and I am active and I'm learning on the job, so it's, it's worked out quite well for me. I mean, in the female side of the sport, there's obviously nowhere near as many active pros as there are in the male side. So is that a slight concern in that you're fighting active, uh, you're fighting regularly, which is great, but you're going to be moved a bit quicker just by virtue of there not being as many steps to climb? Yeah, there's a massive depth between like one level to world title, basically. So that's why I've been starting to get in really good sparring in, so that when I am at that level, I've got the sparring. Because I might not necessarily get it in actual fights because there's a massive gap. So every fight's been a step up, but every fight I've, I've performed better as well. So I think... We're gonna, this year we're going to definitely see me step up a lot and hopefully the better opponents bring out the better me, which I'm sure they will because they always do. Where do you manage to source that sparring from? And is it predominantly female or is it mostly male? How does it work? My last, my last camp, it was all female. Before that we had mixed. Before that it was basically all men. It's, it's changing every time. It's kind of, we're doing it to adapt to what I'm working on and what I'm learning to do differently. And, because my style is developing now and I'm learning more, so but it's whatever's around really, whatever like the best fun we can get obviously, so yeah. If I have to travel, I have to travel, but that's what it is. Accepted wisdom says you should never ask a woman about her weight, but I'm going to break that rule and ask you, earlier in your career you were just over Bantam, more recently you've been around Super Bantam for the majority, where do you see your, when you're finally at that level where you want to challenge for championships, where do you see that being? I'd, I'd like to say Bantam, but then it's down to my team because they might say, no, we actually prefer you at Super Bantam because, as you can see from previous fights, I hit a lot harder at Super Bantam. So, I don't know, it's, it's my body's changed a lot. We're doing a lot of weights. That's why I'm, I'm hitting a lot harder now. I'm, I'm building a lot more as well. So, it's whatever, it's whatever my team's comfortable with me doing. But, yeah, I, I leave it down to them. 
It's only four pounds, but do you actually feel the difference within yourself when you're in the ring or at the weigh-in or whatever in, in terms of those 122 to 118? Yeah, you do feel a massive difference, especially in your power on fight night. You feel a huge difference. You just, I don't know, you just feel bigger there. I don't know, it's hard to explain. You know, do you know what I mean? It, yeah, you do feel a big difference though, especially in your power and the snap in the shots. Definitely feel different. In terms of progressing, you've talked about how you're going to progress in sparring, but in terms of actually in the ring, are you someone that kind of sits and looks on box rec and thinks, yeah, that's someone to be good for my next fight or in a couple of fights time? No, not at all. No, I don't really ask who I'm fighting either. I normally, I normally ask or get told who I'm fighting the day before the weigh-in. Because at the, at the moment, I haven't got to sit there and study anyone. When I'm fighting for titles, then I will obviously I'll be studying the opponents and I will know more about them. But there's, because there's not much around for women at the moment, and the depth, like I said, the depth of talent's not there, there's not much footage neither. So it's hard to gauge. So I'd rather, at the moment, let them worry about me. And then when I step up, I'll start studying my opponents. But right now, my main priority is to focus on myself and just know that I'm doing what I can do best of myself. And then, yeah, so I don't, I don't tend to ask at all. It's obviously an Olympic year. I think after the Olympics are done in the summer, we're going to see a lot of those, both male and female uh, reps turning pro. Are you kind of glad? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Mick, Mick Conlon's having a bit of a rant in the background. Hopefully not about anything we're saying. Yeah, as you do in this gym. Um, but yeah, it's Olympic year. A lot of them are going to turn over after the games are finished. Did you, are you glad in a way that you've got a head start and that your profile's building well before that happens? I'm massively happy, but to be honest, my style's much more suited to the pro ranks and the amateur ranks anyway, so I feel I'm, I believe a person I made the right decision to go turn professional early like I did. And yeah, I have got a head start. By the time they've actually done the Olympics turn pro, I'm, I'll probably be winning titles or on like eight, nine and over by then, hopefully. So yeah, I think I've definitely given myself a good head start and I'm, I'm very glad of the decision I made. I know when I've interviewed you in the past, there's been a lot of things on social media where people focusing on things aside from boxing which hasn't always been great for you particularly in the direct messages I know you've told me about before but as you've grown in prominence on Sky Sports all your fights have been televised do you feel that's starting to change now are you getting a lot more recognition for what you do inside the ring yeah. a lot more recognition now because before it was not so much about the boxing now people can see especially after my last performance people see actually she can hit a little bit she can fight, like she's entertained, so I'm getting more, I'd say more respect nowadays on social, not that I deserve respect, I'm just saying people quite often could be quite crude and, you know, not very... You deserve to be judged as an athlete rather than as a, you know... I said, I would rather you treat me, talk to me, mess with me because I'm a boxer, not because I'm a female in a man's world, do you know what I mean? So now I'm getting treated as a female athlete and a boxer and it's much appreciated. <laughs> You still get the odd one, don't get me wrong, of course you do, but no, yes, yeah, it's, it's much, I don't cringe as much, I don't panic about when I see like, oh, you've got 180 messages, oh, what's it going to be? <laughs> now you've got more, but the majority are like, nice. some you can show to your mum. They're, they're the nicer ones that are like, a oh, really big fan, because you're my daughter, but it's boxing, or when you next out, we want to call me love in your journey, and things like that, they make a big difference to your day. Spoke to you before. You just signed a modelling contract. How's that side of things been going, and how easy has it been to balance with your boxing work? Yeah, it's good. I think like my next shoot's next Thursday, and it's my day off, so it fits in perfect. But like, obviously, like last night I was at a movie premiere, but I make sure that I get out on time so that I'm home in bed 
by sense of times I'm back in the gym in the morning, so I don't let it affect my training. I was meant to be there at a certain time last night to do interviews, but I got there an hour and a half late because I said I'm not missing out on my second session. No, I told him I will be there. I will be there this time because I'm not going to miss out on training. And I've said that to every single of the contracts I do, everything, modelling, TV, anything, boxing is, does and will always come first. So as long as my training's done, then that can come up. As long as it doesn't affect me in any way, then yeah. But do you allow yourself to enjoy it at least a little bit, especially things like film premieres? Yeah, of course. It's nice to meet new people, you have fun. It's nice to be around people that aren't necessarily in boxing because you're surrounded constantly by men and the sound of pads. So it's nice to be out, do your hair and makeup, wear nice dresses, do you know what I mean? Be around women. It's nice. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that side of it as well. And it's, you know, not many boxers get to do that because of, but because I'm a, I'm a woman and we're not, not as many of us in the sport. Obviously, I think I stand out a little bit more, so I get them opportunities, which is good because it's another, another part of my career that I can explore, another way for me to branch out and get a bigger name and become a bigger brand myself. And, um, I know you're not going to tell us exactly when you're next out, but is it going to be the, the first kind of three months of the year? What month are we in now? <laughs> well, the first three months of the year, so by the end of March, basically. Close, <laughs> but no. And we, first four months, I say. And without knowing who the opponent is specifically, what sort of, like, how many rounds is it going to be? Is it going to be a step up? What can we expect? I don't know yet. That's down to boss man, Adam. But I am hoping for an eight-rounder, because if it's an eight-rounder, then that means... Sooner or later, I'll get stepped up to 10 rounder, which means titles. But all in, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still a novice. I've still got so much to learn. So all in good time. I trust Adam and Charlie with my life, and they'll guide me correctly, and they know what I'm ready for and what I'm not. So whatever they say goes, and I'm happy with that, because I, I still know I've got a lot to learn, but I'm learning on the job. I'm sure the vast majority of people watching this will already know your social media handles, but just in case they don't, just remind us of what they are so people can follow you, if you know them. I don't even know. I think my Instagram is just Shannon Courtney or Shannon underscore Courtney and Twitter's S Courtney. That's bad, isn't it? I don't even know. It is a little bit, but if people just search Shannon Courtney, Courtney spelled C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. Yes, not a stalker, not a stalker. <laughs> no, but if people just um, search for that on Instagram or Twitter, I'm sure they'll find you. Find me, yeah. There's a couple of fake accounts flying around of me, but um, oh, no, it's ridiculous. But no, you'll see the real one is me, so yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we wish you the very best of luck. We can't wait to see you back out. Welcome to this week's hashtag toe to toe. I am delighted to say that this week we're joined by a plethora of guests. Three for the price of three. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Gary Logan, Barry Jones and Peter Fury, love to see you all. All good? All good, all yeah, good. fantastic. Flying. All good. Well, we've got a busy weekend ahead of us, haven't we, this weekend up in Sheffield. Lots to talk about with that. Kel Brook is back in action. He is taking on Mark DeLuca, mm. which as I say, um, 14 months he's had out of the ring. That, that, that's a long time. Long time. Oh, we, well, oh, we could do the Mephis over a year. And he's coming back to a, a deep and talent-laden. It's always been talent-laden in the light middleweights, but especially so now. I've, there's just so many youngsters coming up that are talented, and if you underestimate them, they'll beat you. And uh, the champion, the new champion, the new unified champion, Rosario, is a handful. He just took out um, Williams in style. And the other champion's a certain man called Charlo, so it's, it's deep. How much of a threat do you think DeLuca is for him on Saturday? Um, a brook at his best, not much of a threat at all, to be mm. honest. But you just don't know what you're going to get mm. right now at this stage of his career, and with a long, a long um, stint of inactivity at this age, you're just not quite sure how sharp he'll be. But you have to say the things you've seen, there's little clips of him in the gym, and how he looks. He looks in fantastic shape, mm. and also sometimes a big break can mentally give you a chance to recharge yourself and, and, and realise where you want to go. Because sometimes you're so involved in mm. boxing all the time, just thinking about the next fight. He looks like he misses it. Yeah, I think, yeah, you've got to remember what you're doing it for, mm. the love of the sport. And he looks like he has that, that again. And if that's true, yeah. then, then he, I think he can, he can certainly challenge for a world title and maybe win another. Well, he's back with Dominic Ingle after a, a brief stay with John Fuchs the last fight. How much do you think that will help him being back with the territory? I think he's better, always best where he started. Um, I think Brooks a very good fighter. If the determination's there and the will's there, probably he'll come through it. Mm. Let's get stuck into these questions. Terry asks, do you think Kel Brook can reach the top and claim a world title again? What do you think, Peter? I think so. It all depends on his mentality. The desires there. He's got the skill. He's got power. And the ones that he's lost, he's been down to injury more or less. He was holding his own in all their fights. So I think he, I think he, uh, never too late. I think he can, he can do it if he wants it bad enough. He can get it. He's just touched on his mentality there, and he's actually been very outspoken, hasn't he, in mm -hmm. the last couple of days about, you know, he hasn't been in the best place mentally, and he knows just how important it is that everything, all his ducks are in line on Saturday. Yeah. It is kind of now or never really for him. Isn't yeah. it? And well, sometimes you can be, you can sort of feel sorry for yourself. You know, he's at the top. But he, those, some of those big fights eluded him, and he sort of felt a little bit begrudged that he wasn't getting those, those big names, and actually not really taking stock of actually the, the success he was having. So you're always looking to, to be, be, do better than what, what you've done, rather than just you know, sit back and go, look what I am, look what I've done. And I think now there's a time to reflect. He's thinking, no, actually, my focus is about being, going back to where I was. Forget about if what comes, comes. And I think you get, the older you get, you get a little bit more relaxed about stuff and don't panic about reaching the very very getting all these big names and the huge money just one step at a time I get back to the world title shot and if I can win a world title people will come at me again and I think that's that can happen for him. Gary do you think he ever recovered from the Golovkin loss? How much do you think that has hurt him? From the Golovkin? From his display against um, Errol Spence it was amazing that was a great he, he definitely recovered from the Golovkin because he gave both him and Sean Porter have brought out the best in Errol Spence Jr and they had to because Errol Spence came over here and that night not many world weights would have beaten Kell Brook. He was really good that night. It's just that Errol Brook was just a slight level above Errol Spence rather. Although some accused Keller of, of quitting that night. 
Listen, so you've been punching. Who are these people that say that? Are these people, are they real boxing people? Any real boxing person will tell you he did not quit. He just got the resistance punched out of him. He gave this guy his best. That night, he was special. If, he, if he's half of that fight against Deluca on Saturday, we're not in for a long night. Peter, if you were in charge, do you think you would have taken the Glockin fight for Cal? Yeah, why not? Is uh, there's big rewards at the end of it, and uh, people don't see the damage that gets sustained in there. Because outside looking on, you just don't physically see it on the television. But his injuries, um, it is what it is. The corner knows best, so it's not about quitting or anything. You know, if I sockets the damage and stuff like that, you know, what's the point? It's only going to get worse, isn't it? How frustrating though is that for a fighter and a trainer? Well, like, like you just said, people don't see the actual damage. People don't know what goes on the gym. How frustrating is that for a fighter? It, it is. It is. It's massively frustrating because they don't know you. Most fighters, you know, you, you very rarely meet a fighter who doesn't go into a fight with some sort of injury. It's, it almost gets to a point that if you don't have an injury, yeah. you're superstitious about it. Like if you don't have an injury, you're worried. So but they don't see that. But also, that can be for the other fighter coming in. So it, it can even out in many ways. You have to just work with what you got. Like Everybody's in the best shape of their life, aren't they? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> in the best shape of their life. Great but, cap. <laughs> but when, when when injuries happen in a fight. It can not, it not only physically impede you, but it can me mentally affect you because you're worried about, like if you hurt your arm, you can't throw the jab properly, so you're afraid to, to be committed with it and, and certain things like that. And, and, they can, and obviously with, with the damage to an eye, which he mm. had, then you're worried about the certain being too aggressive or you know, you've got to you know, defend more than you'd like to, and, and then it'll it can change your whole game plan. Well, that for me amazed me even more with his display against um, Spence Jr. because he didn't hold back. He didn't hide until it was impossible for him not to take any, he just couldn't take any more pain. He literally could not take, I mean, broken eye socket, that's a lot and of pain. I have, I have to say, but he literally. what Peter mentioned earlier about sometimes going back to where you started from, mm. that's a good thing about having faith in your corner. Someone who's mm. known you, especially for all your life, then you know he's got your best interest at heart. Yeah. And if you're not good enough or not physically well enough to continue, He'll do that for yeah. you. He'll stop you or, no or say you've got an extra round in you or pull you back and say, yeah. listen, son, your time will come again. But before we move on, I mean, Kel has spoken about this, about not only does he need to win, he needs to impress, he needs to look really good and yeah. to prove to people that he is back and can mix at the top level yeah. again. Just how vital is it that he delivers that on Saturday? It is. You know, Being a former world champion and obviously a big name in the UK, he has to look impressive against mm. a guy who's, who's good. Hmm. but not a name that anyone knows, so you know, he's got to look good. It's they picked a style that suits him. He's a southpaw, so another southpaw, because Kel switches, I think he's really effective as a southpaw as much as he is an orthodox fighter. And this guy is made for him. If they both come out as southpaw, Kel's jab will hit him all day long. If Kel's jab hits him all day long, everything else will follow. And so it's just a matter of, is he the Kel Brook that we once knew? I was going to ask Peter, what's that, like, he is, what's that like for the trainer? Where you know you obviously your first your focus is just getting the guy over the line and winning. I'm a coach the fight. too. You sorry, Gary. You are sorry, Gary. <laughs> but this is the man here. This is very and, true. This and, is very but you also you need you know there's a need to impress. Is that a different way of training some guy or, or in the corner? I in the think fight? Ev I think every fight is different. As far as Kilbrook goes, he just needs to get the win. People know he's know they know he's been out 14 months. He's had injuries. He's the win. You don't think he needs to look? I don't think so really? because look, you know, every fighter, you know, when he come back, even if he gets a win, that'll propel him in so many ways, mentally and physically, and expect a lot better performance next time. So if I was Kilbrook, I'd be saying, look, take the pressure off, just get the win here.
You know, that's what all, all I. That's what the coach should say. But Brook, time is running out. Mm. You know what I mean? Time it is, is running out for him. He needs to deliver and surely and give those good performances to get the big fights and, and to move on. Because he. But I think I think so I think Kell Brook's naturally an exciting fighter. You know, it's just not a case of him putting on a lacklustre performance. Mm. You know, he can fight. You know, he's a good boxer as well. So he ticks all the boxes. And he so. is spiteful. He's yeah. not like put it yeah. the other day. Like we had, um, we were talking earlier about um, Bubu Andrade, Demetrius Andrade. That was a chance for him last week to make a statement. And he didn't because he, he kind of laboured. It was just, he's he's got so much talent, but he just won't go that extra gear to get that to get that win. That's definitive. Rather makes you say, right, I want to see him against a Billy Joe Saunders. I want to see him against a Eubank Jr. And you think Brooks fight is enough? Yeah. To and sometimes you do need that fight. As much as we want that win, you want it to be exciting because. That's what brings it. That's what gets the fans talking. Don King, mate, he said, you don't get what you deserve in boxing, you get what you can negotiate. And if he has an exciting win, he's negotiated a great opportunity again, hasn't he? So That's a, that's a fair point, Gary. Yeah, um, looking like that. One of the reasons we got you here, Peter, is of course to talk about Savannah Marshall. Women's boxing is absolutely booming. And Terry Harper, she's an actual assassin. We'll get stuck into that mm. in just a mo. Um, Chad asks, how did you end up training Savannah? Uh, just completely by um, <clears throat> by a fluke, really. She came into the gym. She said, uh, "Can I do some training with you while I prepare?" Because I've signed with Mayweather. I'm going over to the yeah. states. So uh, she came, and um, it was just like more or less, not even a sideline for me. It was helping a young girl. You know, she was all excited about going to Mayweather's and everything else. And I just said, right, I said, you know, get in and do a bit. I just showed her a few punches and how to punch correctly and, and stand and explain the pro game. Because she hadn't added anything by that stage. She was amateur. So um, she stayed with, she ended up staying with us for 10 weeks. She had all of her camp. So I said, look, you know, don't change anything. I said, look, I know you're going to new trainers out there. I said, but just do what you're told here because you've had a good camp. I said, get over there and rim, just reiterate what I've told you and she went out there and uh, she was successful with that so she phoned me from the dressing room I congratulated her and stuff and uh, I think she may have spoke to me about a week later and said how oh, she's getting on with a new trainer she's getting on with a new trainer everything's going fine so I congratulated her I said look just stick in with it and um, that was it so I don't think we spoke for three four months and then I get a call out the blue and uh, she, she's very direct. She doesn't overspeak. She just I like speaks. That though, don't you? Yeah, she just says what she wants. And uh, she rang me up, and she says, uh, "I need to come and see you." It's, she's telling me like she's in Newcastle. So I said, "Okay." I said, "No problem." I said, "What's the matter?" No, I'll explain that. I'd like to come and see you. I said, "No problem." I said, "Where are you at?" She said, "I'm still in Vegas." <laughs> so she comes down, and uh, that was it really. So she's been with us uh, ever since. That's brilliant to hear. Gary, what have you made of Savannah's career so far? It's been a bit stop-start, hasn't it? We want a bit more consistency now. She's yeah, got exactly. all the talent in the world. She did really well in the Olympics. Mm. Um, she's one of those girls that you thought can't miss. And I, I still think she can't miss, but it's just not gone at the rate that we thought it would go. I mean, you're talking about a girl that's boxed Clarissa Shields, run her really close, you know, and if she gets a title, or she um, starts elevating herself with a couple of definitive wins again, that'd be a great fight down the road. But I really like her, I like her style. 
Barry, what do you like about her? Yeah, I like, well, technically she's good, and she punches through the target, so there's weight mm. in her shots, and, and I think that's what women boxing, it, when it gets criticised, it's them sort of things, that like there's, there's not enough stoppages, or there's not mm. enough, lacks a bit of power, and I think she's one of those girls who only, she ticks the box for the purest because she's technically good, but also she can have a war, I think, as mm. I think you can see that in her, and also she punches correct, and because th she punches hard, no, she will get the stoppages, she is getting the stoppages, and I think in the end, at the highest level, they're the fight you need to really ignite the sport. Because the women's box you now, it's growing at a fast pace, at a massive pace, mm. it really is. Mm. Well, um, hopefully we'll see Savannah out in the next few months, is that right? Yeah, the first show in April um, in Newcastle. Brilliant, looking forward to that. Well, uh, another female fighter that is fighting for a world title this weekend is, of course, Terry Harbour taking mm. on Eva Swarstrom. God, how tough a test is this for, for Terry at the weekend? It's a real, it's a real step up for her, it really is. But she hasn't put a foot wrong. She's flying at the moment. Again, another girl who look, who, who's not only just technically good, really exciting. Mm. They will really grip, bite on that gum shield and give it all. I think Steffi Ball's done a fantastic yeah. job with her. And you know, I think she's, she's a real life. She's got to be an underdog, I think. But she's a real life underdog. She's got the demeanour. I met her. Um, she came down to. Um, the gym a few weeks ago to take part in an all-female show. She just did, did some pads in the ring. It was her, Chantel Cameron. So lovely. They were really lovely girls, and they stayed for the whole show. I mean, she come down from Yorkshire, and she stayed for the whole show, encouraged all the girls, and uh, she can hit. I took her on the pad. She can whack. And um, but she's just got, she's got that sort of icy demeanour that you see developed in champions. So I don't think this whole thing's going to be. She's a Yorkshire lass. She's not going to. Let this thing get to her. Will we see Terry victorious, do you think, on Saturday? Or will she be taking that world title? There's every chance, you know. It's, uh, the main thing is that she puts on a good display. Mm. And that's what's making women's boxing propel for me. And deal with the pressure as well. Yeah, exactly. It so it's, uh, it's really coming on leaps and bounds, you know. Women's boxing has really took off. Absolutely. Love yeah. it right now. Yeah. Um, we have to ask why you're here as well, Peter. Whether you want to talk about it or not, we know the situation with with you and Tyson isn't friendly necessarily at the moment. Um, Martin does want to know: Do you think Tyson has the power to stop Wilder in the rematch coming up? I mean, it's a huge fight in February for him. Well, I think so. I think if, if Wilder comes in at the same weight he did in his last fight, I think that's a big advantage for Tyson because I think Wilder come in underweight for that fight, and I think um, if he can just keep out of trouble early. And um, you know, more or less, rough house uh, Wilder. You know, getting close, rough him up a bit, take him out of his stride, rather than giving him the leverage to put the power in. You know, that would be my advice. You know, so if he is going to take it to him, he's got to take it to him cleverly, not just walk in. You know, so uh, like I said, he needs to rough Wilder up and uh, take him into a bit of a dogfight, I think, and uh, sap his energy, especially in the second half of the fight. You know, he's got to use his size, he's got to use his weight. Like I said, especially if Wilder's coming in roughly the same weight he was. So you're looking at two, two and a half stone advantage there. Mm. You know, he needs to use that. And that's where he went wrong in his last fight for me. He was doing the same thing round after round, but after the sixth round, he should have just turned his advantages to that. You know, and I just think whether it's ugly or whatever it is, I think he just sapped the energy out of Wilder. There's been a lot of talk from Wilder, hasn't there? Do you think that could get in Tyson's head? 
I I dogged it to be honest. I don't think I think one thing he's good at is cycle. Yeah, I don't think he. I think it's like what obviously ducks back for him. But I think what Peter said about being smart is very important. I think you know he, he can use that physical strength and he could be assertive. But I think he has to pick his spots because you don't want to punch with a puncher. Mm. No, I think you have to be very careful. And if you could, like you said, tie Wilder up and rough him up and drain that energy because mm. even though Wilder. You know, keeps that power from the first to the twelfth round. He's still he's very athletic, so he does things naturally loose. Everything's loose. He doesn't load up. But if you can grab hold of him, use that weight, to make him That's what pull Peter's, him, push him. Yeah, he said yeah, he's very say, good yeah. because um, Wilder's not actually good at short range. You know, when he's getting grappled by a 270-pound man who knows what he's doing on the inside, because a lot of people don't give Tyson credit for how well he can manipulate you on the inside when he wants to. It's just a part of his game that we don't see often. And if we do see it in this fight in the first six rounds, behind a good jab, behind good straight shots, and then just claiming him, laying him, I don't know if um, Wilder can uh, deal with that. I mean, obviously, that's something that they'll be looking at. I mean, Mark Breland's a great coach as well. He's a really good coach. Um, such a tantalising fight, I can't wait. Mark Breeden's a really good coach and, and, he, and mm. how good of a boxer was mm. he? You know, he was technically a really good really boxer, Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. But I don't see that. That I don't see all the time, all the time he's been with Wilder, mm. I don't see that influence on Wilder. Yeah. Wilder can actually box better than what he was given credit for, but he's still too loose. He still brings that right foot forward, squares himself up, and it works for his advantage. It works, Because he swings yeah. that big left hook back. But yeah. my worry is for, for Tyson, if he is starting to push Wilder back, Wilder's dangerous when you're coming at him. Yeah, he, he can, you know, he, he lines that right hand up very, very well, and that's, mm. that would be the worry. That's the only worry. He's timing on the right hand; it's uncanny. Yeah. That's the only thing he's got really but good timing. You know, if right if he can get in close and rough him up, mm. and you know, how's Wilder going to respond? You know, Wilder might just start panicking a bit, and you know, try and be a bit macho there and try and fight back <laughs> rather than holding on and just biding his time. Yeah. And if that's the case, that'll play into Tyson's favour. Yeah. Who do you think, or is there anyone in the heavyweight division that you think could beat Tyson? I, don't, I think everybody's beatable. Tyson's beatable, they're all beatable. Deontay Wilder, Joshua, everybody's beatable. He's sick, all of them. So it's just, it's a hit and miss, it's a heavyweight boxing game. Who would you like to see him in with though? I think this is a very good fight for him for Wilder. And, um, you know, if he gets through Wilder, then sky's the limit, you know, next it would be Joshua, I assume. And that, that's the fight that I think many fans would like to see. Mm. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, chaps, for joining us this Welcome. week. I'm sure a few of you will be on the podcast, which will be available to download later on iTunes. But thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Sky Sports. Feel it all. Now, as well as being the GB Performance Director, you obviously train the Unified World Heavyweight Champion, Nancy Joshua, who trains here at EIS. How do you balance those kind of priorities between the, the GB squad and his fights coming up, for example? Yeah, it's quite easy, to be honest with you. And, and similarly before AJ, Carl Frotch had numerous world title sure. fights training here as well. But uh, yeah, we, they're normally at different times in the calendar and also um, AJ and Carl as well would train at different times uh, to where the, the, the team and, and, and the boxers here train. So every now and again they'll mix in on a run and then mix in on the strength session and the odd technical spar, but normally 
you know, if the boxers are training up until half five, you'll catch AJ in there at half six and he'll be doing his full session in the evening. So it normally works perfectly well because they train at different times. But at the same time, he's a fantastic role model for all of these kids here. And, and like, you know, like Carl was beforehand, if they can see somebody who's been through this program, achieved, you know, Olympic gold and gone on to unify the world heavyweight titles, that it inspires them. You've got to have role models in your program and, and that's certainly what's really helped and certainly the last few years having, having Big Josh as I call him up here has just been fantastic for the team and the boxers and has pushed them on I believe to the next level. Talking of Josh, as a kind of boxing purist yourself, how delighted were you with his performance against Andy Ruiz in the rematch? Yeah, he boxed very intelligently, he stuck to the plan, um, he, you know, he, he put on a really good boxing display, there was no point taking any chances and, and, and you know, looking for the stoppage because Ruiz is, is world champion at close range, he's fantastic at close range, but for Josh worked hard in the training camp not a second of a doubt about doing the rematch we agreed the rematch on the Sunday in New York not even 24 hours after the first fight um, you can't make excuses you win, you lose a fight you win a fight Josh didn't make excuses he just got on with it and he showed what a real champion was about and he won the titles back in Saudi against a very dangerous fighter fairly comfortably will the additions to the team that we saw for that fight be replicated for his next one do we know yet um, yeah I think I think with, 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 with Big Josh, he, um, he trains all the time, he, he's, he, he's fanatical about his training, um, with a variety of people have, have helped with his coach, he's, well he's training over the years, you have to use Padman because he's six foot seven and <laughs> you know you replicate things and stuff but mainly he's had the same people around him from, from the start to the finish of his journey, well not the finish to where we've got to today so nothing's really changed with him but you have to bear in mind he's six foot six so you know, you can't be holding the pads for him month in, month out, year in, year out. Nobody can. He's, you know, he's, he's very heavy-handed and um, you need people that can support the training plan. And next, from what we've been led to believe, is going to be either Usyk or Pulev. Do you have any sort of preference as the trainer? Well, I think, I think Pulev's the next in line, I think. And I think Usyk's um, got plans for another fight and I think that he's fairly new at heavyweight, obviously whether he, you know, by the end of the year that, that that fight's the next one for Big Josh um, is to be seen. But right now I think Pulev's the one that's that's the mandatory immediate and being mooted. So um, let's see what happens, you know, possibly Pulev, and then by the end of the year it will be it'll be a big fight for Big Josh. Pulev, a nice challenge for you as a trainer tactically? Um, I think I think all heavyweights are difficult. You know, the, the, anything can happen in heavyweight boxing. You can never forget that. But um, I think Josh boxed well in his last fight. I think he, he's learning all the time. I think I think he showed that he can learn from mistakes and, and put things clearly right. And I think he'll only get better. And um, I think Pulev's a good fight for him at this stage. But you know, Pulev's Pulev's a good fighter, so you can't underestimate him in any way. Just before we leave. This is Joseph Parker's next opponent, a guy called Shondell Winters. Never heard of him before in my whole life. He is 39 years of age. He's from the United States. He's an orthodox, stands six foot, two inches tall. He's got a record of 13 and two with 12 KOs. One of his losses was by knockout. There's virtually nobody on his record who I recognize the name of. Excuse me if we have a look here. His last couple fights, God knows who these guys are. 
scrolling through here. I don't recognize the names, people. <laughs> and you look at how old he is, 39. He turned pro in 2015. He actually turned pro 191 pounds. As recently as 2015, five years ago, this guy was 191 pounds. Now he's weighing, well, he's barely over cruiserweight, is he? His last fight was 204. Okay, so this is a small guy and an old guy. This looks like it could well be a blowout for Joseph Parker, unless this guy is some type of diamond in the rough, but at 39 years of age, I seriously doubt it, then it could well be a blowout for Parker. Obviously, people are going to criticize this opponent, and maybe they're right to criticize it to some degree, but a lot of the other top heavyweights are tied up at the moment, and Joseph Parker must be kicking himself about the Chisora fight not happening. He pulled out apparently with a spider bite. I know some people are saying he ducked the Chisora fight. Did he really duck the Chisora fight? Do you think he has any need to feel, you know, so concerned about fighting Derek Chisora that he'd pull out of a big payday like that? I'd be surprised if he ducked Chisora. I mean, if there was another opportunity out there, you know, David Hayes style, like when he pulled out of the Manuel Char fight and then signed to fight Tyson Fury. If there was a, a bigger payday out there, than Derek Chisora, then maybe he would pull out. Some people, some people might say, well, yeah, he pulled out for a bigger payday, but then that bigger payday fell through and he was left out in the cold. I mean, who knows? That's speculation upon speculation. I am going to entertain the possibility that he was genuinely ill. Like, injuries do happen. Sicknesses do happen. They can't all be fabrications. Of course, fighters do make up injuries. That happens, but... Boxing is a contact sport and people genuinely get injured. I mean, we saw what happened to Carl Frampton recently. That wasn't even boxing related when he got that terrible cut when he slipped over. So accidents do happen. Spider bites do happen. <laughs> even to, especially to people with the surname Parker. So I don't know. I think people have been a little bit harsh by saying he ducked Chisora, but he's certainly kicking himself that he couldn't go ahead with that fight because now he's out in the cold a little bit fighting absolute cream puffs like Shondell Winters. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. How far is this fight going to go? Two rounds, three rounds? You know, people look at Joseph Parker and act like he can't punch. Well, at the elite level, he hasn't shown any serious punching power, although he did drop Dylan White and he had him pretty shaky in the last round, although you can blame some of that on fatigue. But when he's up against this level of opposition, Joseph Parker tends to just cut straight through them like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> That's what tends to happen. He's very fast. He's very explosive. He might not be the heaviest handed heavyweight out there, but with that speed and explosiveness, and what is he weighing in? 240, something like that. With that speed and explosiveness, 240 pounds hitting these journeymen on the chin, they don't tend to stay around for too long. So I'm expecting a blowout here. And this is, of course, on the undercard of Mikey Garcia's DAZN matchroom debut against Jesse Vargas. And you've got on the undercard, Cal Yafai versus Roman Gonzalez. That's a real intriguing fight. That's an acid test for Cal Yafai. I believe Roman Gonzalez is the favorite in that fight, and rightly so, based upon what he's achieved before. Uh, Julio Cesar Martinez versus Jay Harris. That's a real good fight. Murat Gassiev's heavyweight debut. That's going to be interesting. So... Now, I'm not going to say this is an amazing card or anything, but it's, it's a decent, it's an interesting little card. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below about Joseph Parker's fight against this cream puff. 
No disrespect to the guy. I'm just being objective from a boxing uh, standpoint. Joseph Parker's fight against this cream puff and the rest of the card in general. Let me know, people. It's happening. I'm out.